0: You are listening to The Lightforge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success, with your co-hosts ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to The Lightforge Podcast, this is Abwechel.
1: This is Murps. Hello. Hope you guys are having a good weekend so far. It's getting a little bit chilly, you know, We're, we're getting close to Halloween, weather's turning, Hearthstone is still the same still very much so the same
0: 85 degrees here in charlotte everything Uh, still feels the same including hearthstone um all right we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a throwback episode here because the meta is is so throwback we're gonna let's i'm just gonna break it down from the from the beginning to the best of my ability uh and and we're gonna start at at win rates right um On HS Replay, for this meta, the win rate right now... Remember, this is the post-adjustment win rates. It's already been like a little over a week. Um, So it's all new decks now, pretty much. And you have Warlock sitting on top. 53.6%. Paladin is now still second at 52.8%, even though they nerfed uh, big into half. Uh, But that's why they're no longer on top. And then you have Shaman, then you have Demon Hunter, Mage, Priest... A little bit of a, a gap to Rogue at 47.6%. All those I just mentioned are like 51 to 49.7% win rate. So they're all good. And then Rogue is at 47.6%. Hunter at 44.4%. And Hunter just got nerfed again. That probably hasn't been taken into account yet. Um, but when I say Hunter got nerfed again, I mean Hunters actually got nerfed in the game. Not like in Arena, their offering rates are nerfed. But they like adjusted down the wild seeds again in terms of power um anyway druids are 42.3 percent uh warriors are 40 percent so that's the win rate going down and warlocks are on top and whenever we see a class on top we're always looking at their like best cards right like i I'm, i'm trying to think back on when the last time we saw a class on top and we weren't focused on their totally ridiculous cards um and Warlock state they have some totally ridiculous cards. Imprison Scrap Imp is coming at a 62.7% win rate on HS replay. Mischievous Imp, which we rated I don't know, did we rate S tier? If not S tier, it was close to S tier, probably S tier. Um, maybe A plus tier, I forget. Uh, but it says 61% Shadow Council. We all remember Shadow Council. Or if you haven't played this game for that long, that's the one-mana epic spell that says replace your hand with random demons, give them plus two, plus two. It basically says win the game if you have it before like close to the end of the game. Or get super unlucky. Uh, like This is RNG that even pro players need to use. Um, but that's a rare card, another rare card, and an epic card. They are not actually seen in that many Warlock decks. Your fourth best non-legendary card and your best common card... You will never, ever, ever guess what it is unless you looked at HS Replay. I could give you 20 guesses and you will not guess this card. Because it is Ethereal Merchant. I'm going to say that again. It is Ethereal Ogmerchant. And if you forget the names of the Aug Merchants like I do, Ethereal Aug Merchant is the Aug Merchant that does nothing. You have your Rocket Og Merchant, which, you know, gives someone Rush potentially. You have your Guardian Og Merchant, which gives them Divine Shield, and then you have Ethereal Og Merchant, which gives spell damage, which means you're pretty- much, especially as Warlock, you're pretty much never gonna use it on your own minions. What you're gonna do is just use it as a ping. Now. Ethereal Merchant has the next highest win rate because Imprisoned Scrap Imp is not why Warlocks are winning. Mischievous Imp is not why Warlocks are winning. Shadow Council is not why Warlocks are winning. Sure, they'll win you games if you happen to have them in your Warlock deck, but they just frankly don't show up in enough Warlock decks to be the driving force behind it. What is winning all the Warlocks games? Is also not Og merchant by the way. In case you thought that's where I was headed. What's winning all the Warlock games is their hero power. I'll get back to Og merchant I know it's a weird thing to put a pin in and you guys are all like, What? How? What's the secret? I'll tell you the secret later. You may be able to figure it out before then. But Warlocks are number one because the game is so powered down after the patch. Uh, after the adjustments, it is so powered down that the Warlock hero power, which has always been the best hero power in the game outside of uh, Demon Hunters, um, or maybe on the same level, is now absurdly powerful. And that's why you see that nothing else is really making that big of an impact. By the way, it's not like I'm like cherry picking. And after Ethereal Og Merchant, it's like a bajillion cards that are all Warlock class cards. After Ethereal Og Merchant is Sea Giant, then Merlock Tinyfin. Just, just throwing it out there. Like I'm not cherry picking my data here. This is, uh, this is just what the game actually is. Um, this is the Maw and Disorder meta, and this is how warlocks are played. Uh, and if you face warlocks in the game, you'll see that this is pretty much the case. We just got a 12 old warlock, and we have two evil geniuses and no other cards that are rated A. By the way. Um, the aug merchants. If, if we, I, I just rated it again just to you know give you guys an idea. It, it comes in at like a very low B, like the ethereal aug merchant in terms of how good the card is, and that probably fits with your mental idea of how good an ethereal aug merchant is. This is not secretly the best card in the game, um, but it's also not that far away from like the third best card in your entire deck these days. Like you just have one really powerful card, maybe two really powerful cards. At best, three really powerful cards. And by really powerful, I mean A-tier cards. And you used to have like eight of these in a a deck. So you have like one, two, three, probably on average two, maybe 1.5 even for the average deck. And your opponent has the same. And the rest of your cards are like Yetis and Yeti Pluses. And and that's what Ethereal Merchant is. It's a Yeti Plus. It's definitely better than a Yeti. But it's not like crazily better than a Yeti. And that's all you are working with. So, if your deck happens to synergize really well, or if one of your super ridiculous uh, good cards is, like, a Sire or, or whatever, you you will just win the game. But so few decks do that. So few decks do that, that in going through, like, uh, my, uh, my, my 12-1 Warlock on Friday, uh, 12-0, um, I just kept evaluating my opponent's decks by the cards that I saw, and... I counted every card from every opponent that played that was an A-tier card or better, right? So no B-pluses, you know, no Bs definitely, but like A-tier cards or better. And and there's plenty of A-tier cards. And I counted A-tier cards that were played more than two, meaning my opponent had drawn and played more than two A-tier cards exactly three times from three of my opponents. And they were like all towards the end. Like they were like my eleven zero opponent, my like nine zero opponent, and my eight zero opponent or something. And, and our deck, uh, we also you know we only had two A tier cards as well. Um, and most games we would not be able to draw and play both of them, obviously. Uh, so it, it's it's all kind of there. You're just. You're just mucking around here. You're mucking around, bumping yetis. Um, this is the bumping yetis meta. We were saying this before, but with the Maw and Disorder rotation, everybody is out there doing some slightly fancier version of effectively bumping yetis. Now, when you keep bumping yetis, your hero power becomes really important. Because remember, back in the day, in Constructed, you would hero power almost every turn. And in Arena you would hero power, like, every other turn. You would always be trying to squeeze a hero power in, like, once you're off the curve. Why? Because the hero powers were, like, good cards. Like, Shiv was one of the best rogue cards for the longest time. Uh, And that's basically the mage hero power. Like, these these are totally fine things to do. And in the last three, four years... You stop being able to just want a hero power. In fact, you really didn't want a hero power. Hero power became like a last resort kind of thing. Like, oh, I need to do something to fill the mana. Or, hey, I have a ping and my opponent has a 3-1 on the board. I'm going to need to ping that because that's not just a normal hero power now. Now I'm getting extra value from it. But you don't have to do any of that anymore. Right now, hero powers are just about your best option on the vast majority of your turns assuming you're not playing on curve so that means like you know turn five and after or uh you just don't have a curve card
1: this is just what happens with like the rotation as well you have a lot of really bad cards um so yeah i mean when when your option is a bad five drop or an on curve three drop plus a hero power it's like yeah sure that's what that's what your turn five will be rather than just a bad um just a bad 5-drop. And if you're bumping Yetis against each other, um, let's talk about that exact scenario, right? Literally bumping two Yetis into each other, that gets cleaned up with a Hero Power, right? That -hmm. that gets cleaned up with a ping. So this is why I'm talking about, like, on turn 5, if you're literally bumping Yetis up against each other, your play is a 3-drop plus the Hero Power to finish off that Yeti. Um, So you see that quite often now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if you look at the, uh, yeah... Uh, so w- w- with that ping, uh, we're going to start bringing the og Merchants back now. So aug Merchants are generally B to B plus rated. Um, maybe you could say the Guardian Og Merchant is a B plus or the Rocket Og Merchant is a B plus. I think that's a stretch. I think both of them. I think they're all B tier cards. With a Guardian Og Merchant maybe being a high B, um, not yet B plus, and uh, Ethereal Og Merchant being a low B, uh, and Rocket Og Merchant somewhere in the middle. But they do ping. And that's very important, especially for classes that don't normally have their pings. And we don't have a lot of pings in this meta. So that ping is super, super, super important for aug merchants in general. Now, going into why, um, like, why why ethereal aug merchant is the best aug merchant and not the two better aug merchants. Like, they're better. Ethereal aug merchant is the worst aug merchant. It's the best in win rates. Because the only people who draft Ethereal Og Merchants as if it's a super good card are the good players. This is entirely a function of good players draft Ethereal Aug Merchants because they realize the spell damage doesn't matter. It's still a 2 1 1 mana that pings, and that is very useful. And bad players underdraft Ethereal Aug Merchant compared to what it is. So that's what's inflating the win rate. The amount of picks that ethereal aug merchant has compared to the other aug merchants is less than half according to hs replay so oh, sorry not less than half it's it's almost half it's a little bit more than half um and it shouldn't be because most of the time you're not rushing something most of the time you're not giving a divine shield most of the time you're just using it as a pain um and it just shows the rest of your options aren't that good either uh, this is this is a bad meta. This is a underpowered low meta, and in underpowered low metas, hero powers matter. Uh, pings are very good, but Warlock is especially good. There is no ability in this meta outside of Stoneborn Accuser to really push, and Stoneborn Accuser has to be charged up. And Stoneborn Accuser is one of the best neutral cards available right now. Uh, and in this meta, it is even better because it's one of the only ways to end the game. Without the ability to push, and I'll, I'll argue that a lot of people are just playing it wrong uh, as well against Warlock because they haven't had to worry about this in the same way that they, they used to. Um, but without the ability to push, the Warlock hero power is insane. Without the ability to push, the Warlock hero power is like, what, like 14 cards, you're not going to come back from 14 cards down as your opponent like yeah it'll take some mana here and there but like it's up to 14 cards technically in reality it's probably a lot less than that but still like how are you going to come back from being down five cards even like at the start of the game is realistic
1: i think five is very very realistic right like just just saying it's a five card uh advantage slash disadvantage wherever you know uh, uh, that that's a ton. Like, we keep on saying that, oh, you know, card advantage has been, like, mattering less and less, but it still matters. And what's really important well, is... Well, it matters a lot now. It matters a lot more now, but also it's because if all of your cards suck, except for two cards, hey, man, five extra yes. draws to get to that mm-hmm. giant card, that's pretty freaking good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Getting to your A tier and above cards is super, super important. Yeah. And Warlocks are just better at it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: so uh, that, that's kind of why Warlocks are are the best right now. It's really not because of their cards. Um, and, and obviously they can nerf certain cards offering rates and it'll bring Warlocks down a bit. But right now, what's, what's making Warlocks go crazy? Uh, it's not even that crazy. The win rates are kind of like in line. But what's making Warlock best is really just that hero power. Um, And if you're facing Warlocks, and you will face a lot of Warlocks at the top, it'll just be Warlock, Paladin, Warlock, Paladin. Uh, And if you're facing a Warlock, just remember the stuff that you, you know, if you've been playing this game for more than five years, you knew how to beat Warlocks back in the day. You, You hit them to the face. You don't bump Yetis against Warlocks. Like, Warlocks can't really buff. They can just, like, destroy their own minions. Or they can destroy, like, all the minions. You're not really worried too much about that. So just hit them to the face. Any possible wait time you can hit them to the face, just think of it as gaining card advantage. Did you deal four damage to your opponent's face and your opponent's a Warlock? You've just removed two of their cards. Oh my god, that's huge when you're talking about the end-end game. So my philosophy in facing Warlocks is basically just that, look... If they have an insane card, they're going to win. This applies to every single class, right? If they have an insane card, and I don't, because you will not have an insane card in this meta in like, I don't know, 80% plus of your decks. You just won't. Uh, so if they have an insane card and I don't, and they draw that insane card, I lose. Period. That's just written off. So that means I'm approaching every single game as if they do not have an insane card and I don't have to worry about it. This goes beyond just like, I don't play around Ysera, I don't play around uh, Sire. I don't play around anything that is good. Because it is so rare for anybody to have a good card in this meta.
1: Um, It's just way too punishing to play around these. Not to not play around them, it's too punishing to play around it. Deathborn doesn't exist. (laughs) Um, I mean, Deathborn hasn't existed for me, personally, for the longest Mm -hmm. time. Now, that does make any Deathborn... Extra frustrating. Like the feeling sucks. But yes, if you have been playing around Deathborn, I wouldn't say all the time, you know, I'm sure there are situations in which you can play around it. It makes sense to. But you've also been there before in which it's like, oh, well, I can make it so that they don't completely clear my board and get six skeletons. They could just clear 80% of my board and only have, like, you know, uh five skeletons and i still have a minion oh maybe maybe that's
0: good it's like no that doesn't matter like like, go go even farther than that if i can make a move where they would clear me and have seven skeletons versus a move where they would not clear me at all and only get one skeletons and the move in which they would get seven skeletons is like five percent better if they don't have a deathborn i'm going with that move every single time because they don't have a deathborn and if they do have a Deathborn, they could just not play it on that turn, and you'll be screwed on another turn. Because it's an S-tier card. Like, you can't, you can't, you don't have enough power in your deck to beat Deathborn. Period. If they have it in their hand, you lose. So, just don't worry about it. Like, we're not, I'm not even talking about, like, oh, I'm not going to step down from seven skeletons to six skeletons. No, 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 I don't even care if I can make them, that Deathborn, unplayable the next turn. That's still the wrong move. As long as the other move is 5% better or 2% better, whatever, right? Like, if they don't have a Death Um, And that's kind of the problem, right? Like, the game has deviated between the super powerful cards that kind of win you the game or the super powerful cards that have a chance to win you the game in it's RNG, either way, if it triggers, and all the normal cards. And so your entire game plan... Can't consider any of these super powerful cards. Because there is no scenario in which you could beat them in any case. Like, before you could at least push hard. And then the, like, higher mana ones don't, like, you don't get to as much. Nowadays, you can't even push that much. Like, this rotation is so bad. You not only don't have card draw, but you also can't push. So, you you just have to bump yetis. Like, people are bumping yetis because... That's usually the right move in this meta. It's not because they're, like, really dumb and they're just bumping yetis. Unless they're facing Warlocks. Then they're sometimes dumb and they're bumping yetis when they shouldn't do it. But outside of that, like, one scenario, um, which does happen a lot but because Warlocks are the top class, but generally people are just, like, bumping yetis because that's the, the optimal EV move to, like, to do it in any particular situation. And when it comes to card advantage in this meta, it does matter, right? Like... That's why warlocks are so good in this meta because card advantage does matter. You don't have scullamance anymore and you really don't have that many ways to draw cards outside of being a warlock because your main card draw card in this meta is fool and fool requires you to be charged up is not really offered that much and is kind of awkward to play. So if you ever get offered a fool, definitely take it. It's a game-changing card. But when you're playing against your opponent, the chances your opponent is, like, charging up a fool and will, like, all of a sudden draw three more cards, and you're like, oh, no, uh, it's very, very low. So so there's, no, there's nothing to worry about. There's no, like, fishies coming around, like, being like, oh, I'm actually two cards. There's no... Um, Scribe coming around being like, haha, I'm actually more than three cards usually. Like, they don't exist anymore. Skullamance is gone. We are in a position now where card advantage matters unless your opponent has a Deathborn, a Yasera, a blah, blah, blah. And those all got nerfed. So the offering rates of those are very, very low now. Uh, you'll still see them, right? And when you see them, you lose. That's just why this meta is still, like, super random, it feels. Like, you'll have a run, and it'll go, like, O three, 3 And you're like, well, one game I faced Yasera.'" and in the other game I face Deathborn and then you know like uh, in the third game like I just happen to not hit my curve or like whatever right um and, and you're 0-3 with like a totally normal deck and then the same exact deck can do what like my deck did on on Friday night and go 12 because we didn't see any Ysera's that's actually not true I think we did see a Ysera we beat a Yacera. um it's, but a, that cr- it's a
1: crap card right there it's, you it's, go it's
0: kind of a bad card um like, we didn't see any Sires, or at least none that triggered. <laughs> um, it could have been stuck in someone's hand, I don't know. Uh, we didn't see any Deathborns. We would definitely lose if we saw a Deathborn, right? Like, all these a, like A-plus tier cards or whatever, we just didn't see any of them. And it's very likely, not that you see none of them, but that on any particular match that you're not seeing one of them. Even in the high win rates. Because there's just so much crap decks being thrown into the meta right now. Because they nerfed all the good cards offering rate to like 50%. And there's not that many good cards to begin with. Because this is a really crappy rotation. So... This is just a long-winded way of like... If you ever looked at the actual win rates on HS Replay by the cards... And you're wondering what the hell is happening with Merchant, uh, This is why. It's because we're bumping Yetis again. Like, really... We are really bumping Yetis. We were bumping Yetis before the adjustment. Now we're like super bumping Yetis. Um, And it brings me to the second part of this podcast, which is, isn't that supposed to be good? I feel like the community, and I mean, I'm guilty of it sometimes too, but like has this like rose colored glasses and nostalgia for like, when people were bumping Yetis, you know, and they're like, "This was when skill mattered, um, and good players won, and they won very consistently. They had very high win rates, uh, and you know, we watched Trump, and we watched Hafu, and we watched uh, the Grinning Goat, right, and whomever, and uh, and you know, uh, we we loved it when they took a okay uh, deck and got twelve wins with it, and that couldn't happen for like the last three four years. It was just not possible. No one was taking an average deck and getting 12 wins with it. Unless the average deck actually had a lot of RNG in it. And that's why it was average. And then they got super lucky, right? Um, but it used to happen not an infrequent amount of times. And I feel like a lot of people look back on that era and was like, that was the skill era. Like, you guys who started playing this game four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, last year. You don't know. You don't even know. You don't even know how much skill was in the arena. And now it's just who gets the biggest bombs, who counterswings the counterswing. Like, it's all this, like, random BS that's happening. The real skill, you know, when I used to bump my Yeti better than my opponent bumped his Yeti, and I got that one extra card advantage, and so I won the game, that's, that's gone. Um, well, now it's back. Sort of, Mostly and How does it feel, guys? It, it's actually—it's not even like b- back in classic. It's—it's it's more fancy right now than classic was. Where where we have some og merchants. We didn't have og merchants before. We had elven archers, and and we dealt with it. You know, now we get og merchants. We got like scorpids now. Like there's some fanciness happening here, right? There's still uh, the infused mechanic is still in. There's there's some fancy stuff going on, um, but overall, like how does it feel to be like? playing on curb and throwing things against each other and having that decide most of your games so look we gotta talk about
1: exactly what the classic meta is right um because yeah it was yetis number one everybody thinks of past whatever in uh, like nostalgically right it's like oh 90s 90s music was just better music than than the the trash we have now.
0: Um and it's 90s music is so bad. <laughs> As someone who grew up in the 90s, like if you just objectively look at like 95% of the music that was produced well, there, yes. oh my god. Well, yeah, yeah. Like the only worse music than 90s music was like 80s music and 2000s music. And that's why 90s music seemed like it was better.
1: Well, it's, for example, it's like, okay, if you remember, uh, it, it's like for, it, we can list quite a few genres. It's like, it, it, you remember Nirvana, you remember, like, Backstreet Boys, you remember Boys to Men, and then you kind of don't remember all the really bad
0: stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like, the real
1: bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, so, look. We can talk about the classic meta, um, and sort of what was good about it, what was bad about it, what was different. Uh, but I think one thing that we should just establish right off the bat was uh, people were, were really bad in the classic meta. Um, if you guys remember the tier list from way back when, Icy Veins tier list, right? Oh like,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, so we had those tier lists, we had you know Trump tier lists and everything. Um, We didn't have an understanding of tempo in the way that we do now. Uh, The understanding of tempo was really, really short-sighted. It was like, you know, there was this echo chamber in which if you look at those early tier lists as well, Argent Squire was uh, considered
0: undraftable,
1: undraftable, trash tier. Pre-nerf Abusive Sergeant was bad. That was actually bad. Like a 2-1 that gave the same effect as Dark Iron Dwarf they were like, ah, it's just too small. It's like, and now we're just like, wait, but it gives the same uh, effect as Dark Iron, and you're not giving up a stat. How could it possibly be bad, right? It's like, shouldn't well, we just... because it's not a drop. Because it's not a drop, right. So this is one of those things where we were like, oh, okay. Oh, and uh, also Naturalize was one oh, naturalize
0: was like the most laughable card in the
1: game it was one the of the most laughable if not, card. yes if not like the best or sorry the worst card in the game it was just one of f
0: minus tier, right and, agreed upon by literally every single person outside of hafu
1: and so the interesting thing is um it was actually uh i i heard it from hafu's perspective she at first was also like oh you know i you know we play for value we trade we win the board almost completely and then we go for the win and it was actually because um, I remember the story she was friends with uh, MTG players and you know mm-hmm. it makes sense it was the MTG players who came in with like um, not a fresh eye but they were like oh well we've been playing a similar game yeah. for many years and it was uh I, I believe it was like Koyuki who talked to Hafu and he was like dude why aren't you drafting this insane card abusive sergeant mm-hmm. he looked at abusive sergeant and he's like why aren't you drafting this insane card she's like why is it insane?" He's like, Why don't you think it's insane? Like you're getting way more than you're supposed to. Um, and then that's when she sort of opened her eyes to it. And I think, you know, it, it certainly took me a lot longer because I didn't have a Koyuki just yelling at me being like, Bro, <laughs> like stop doing what these tier lists are telling you and just look at freaking abusive sergeant. You should be drafting this thing and just out-templing people. So that's number one. Um, Players are just bad. So if we were to go back, and the interesting thing is, this happens with a lot of games. I also look at competitive Pokemon, like uh, not not the card game, like the actual video video games. And the interesting thing with that is these formats exist for a long time. So like, for example, the Diamond and Pearl Pokemon games, they're, they're done by now, you know? But um, the meta lives on. People use emulators and systems to keep playing them. And the meta keeps evolving because people haven't figured out and the metas keep changing um and i would imagine that for classic much would be the same we wouldn't see all of these like oh it's just yetis and uh Fist ogres and all of these small cars like they don't really matter you know like what well, they classic meta people got it like 70 percent right uh, and then they were very much so stuck in that 70% for a long time. And then the meta just sort of naturally evolved. You know, we got GVG, and then GVG forced people to, like, recognize mm-hmm. the value of this stuff. But classic mm-hmm. meta, uh, we got it wrong for a long, long time. And if you look at Constructed as well, right? It's like people people got it wrong for a long time before, before uh, the, the level got significantly higher. So, look, that is... That is number one. Uh, But number two, there is a huge difference when you're talking about classic meta bumpin' yetis versus now bumpin' yetis. These are not the same, okay? Because classic meta bumpin' yetis, that was like, oh man, if I, like, the yetis matter, right? the yetis matter mm. bumping the yetis matter if you bump a yeti and you can finish it off and you're left with that 4-1 and you can like and then you drop that boulder ogre on six and then you drop that stormwind champion on seven whoo like you the were six
0: six stormwind champion uh, that six six stormwind
1: seven. champion but you had a board right oh my god and then dude if you could drop that that um a uh, shattered sun cleric on three. Mm, oh, that man. was insane. That was insane. GG, noob. So, and this is when it really mattered. Like, you get those advantages. There was no sire to just be like, "Your five turns of advantages, goodbye." I have flipped it by another five turns. So, like, I have taken the five turns of advantage that that you have built up. I've taken it away, and I've built up my own kind of like you know, 10 manas worth of, uh, not just, not just sort of, like, play, but, like, flip, right? It's like, oh, I've taken away 12 manas worth of stuff on your board, and I have put 10 manas worth of stuff on my board. Yeah,
0: like, think about the most ridiculous cards back then in Classic. You had old-school Yasera, which gave you one card per turn. So you can remove it, and then your opponent would have gotten, like, maybe... Yes, Sarah's body, which counts as two cards, and then another card, so that's three cards total for nine mana, plus whatever it costs to play the next card. That's it. That was one of the best cards in the game. Sarah always was one of the best cards in the game. There was Deathwing, the biggest swing. You lost all your cards when you played Deathwing. You had to discard everything. And that was like the big swing card. Everybody is always like, oh my god, if they have a Deathwing, I lose, right? But even that's not replenishing your board. What people were complaining the most about, the most about, was just flame strike. Seven mana deal four damage to everything on the board. And yes, there were plenty of things, like a Yeti, that had more than four health back then. So, that's what people were complaining about. Because those were way too big of swings to be allowed in the game.
1: Yep. Uh no, those swings were way too big, right? And uh, we, we looked at it and we were just like, oh man, um that that is unacceptable. Um, you couldn't come back from it, right? The best card draw was like, like Nourish was great card draw. Yeah, you know? Nourish
0: was great. Nourish
1: mm-hmm. was great card draw. Sprint was okay at you know seven mana. Uh, Sprint was like fine. It it, it, was, it was it was an okay card. So it was just very different. And now, whenever you're talking about bumping Yetis, it is, yes, we're going to bump Yetis, and then we're going to bump mediocre five drops, and then there's going to be, you know, you're going to clear with like a Shivara. Okay, you know, we're ramping up a little bit, but none of that matters because a Sire can be dropped at some point. Uh, a Yacero, uh, n- uh, not a Yesera, like a Sylvanas can be dropped at. at- a point to have the biggest of swings right it's like oh that's a cute little shavara flip but that's you know we're still playing like 2018 2019 hearthstone right Mm -hmm. that that's that's the shavara flip we're not yet playing 2022 hearthstone and the problem is you could be playing it's like oh i'm playing 2016 i'm playing 2017 and then suddenly you get something that's like oh welcome to 2022 get wrecked Um, And that's the problem that you have. So it makes these bumpin' yetis and this classic meta feel just feel really bad. Because back then, Number one, because there were less cards, you could think about, like, that that whole, like, do I play around Dark Iron, right? Uh, a phrase you never hear mm-hmm. a- any, like, at any <laughs> point anymore. It's like, ooh, do I play around Dark Iron? First of all, Dark Iron was, you know, the one of the premier cards in the game yep. at that time. So it was very predictable, right? Predictability is good for, for skill testing in some ways. Uh, predictability is good for skill testing. Because you would get
0: reads. You would be like, oh, if he had a Dark Iron, he would have played it before, so he doesn't have a Dark Iron. yeah, And that would, like change the entire way you played your next two turns
1: so here's the thing right when for example like that is it's it's good in some ways but at the same time um you always do have to temper that with what i said at first yes the classic meta i think was skill testing part of it was new and part of it was we all just sucked so if you like if you were to bring it back i think and not just because you know we still remember so we're like oh it's solved we were just like wow we were so bad back then Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we were so bad back then like how do you like are, are how are you not able to just handle these simple things because there is a lot of craziness right now and look at the people who are consistently on top of the leaderboards they are able to internalize a lot of this shit like they're able to internalize a lot and you know they might not be able to say like oh okay i have factored in exactly these 12 cards for the next turn in descending order of not only importance but potential impact on my next turn they don't do that but you know they've played for so long they just have a good sense of like okay i shouldn't temple out all the way here um versus like oh i gotta go i just have a feeling that you know i have like this one to two turn window in which i gotta push face and you know if they have me they have me but i have a decent read on their hand and it's not exactly like oh it is only deathborn it is only this it is only that because let's face it there's crazy two three card combinations now but um no i mean the, the skill is very high the frustration level is very high but if we're talking about the classic meta i think the most important thing is just like Wow, we were very impressed by the, I think, fairly low skill that everyone had back then. And, mm-hmm. you know, like how good you were. Because I remember when I first got to Infinite, and now I'm thinking back, I'm like, man, my understanding was pretty lacking. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> it was pretty like, lacking. We sucked back then, and we were like some of the best yeah it it was it was jarring. <laughs> we were like we were like so good that people just didn't believe that you could go infinite without like extra gold being put in. They're like, no one averages seven wins. That's absurd. It doesn't matter if you just pick the best class every time, but like you you can't you can't touch it. like maybe, maybe if you got mage every single time. maybe. And then we were like, no, we get like way more than seven wins on average if you pick the best class. Like you could play these other classes too; they're fine. But we were we were still not that good. Um, okay, so breaking that down, there was three points that Mervs made. Uh, it's, it's kind of intertwined with each other. One is that back then we're not so good; and people were not good. Now people are better, which actually makes the game worse. Yes, because it does. you can't put your skill upon someone if they are also more or less equally good. Uh, it doesn't kind of work right like basically back then it was noobs beating up on noobs and if you like got one level of understanding above someone else it made a big difference now we're all in like the 100th level and whether you're at the 102nd level or the 89th level doesn't make that much of a difference most of the time we all know how to bump yetis good now basically and back then we didn't really know how to bump yetis good even though we thought we did um, So right now, if you brought the classic meta back, it would be worse than what the classic meta actually was. Second point is that now you still have 2022 cards, and no matter what you do, even if they are just as rare, if not more rare than 2022 uh, than you know the Yaceras and the Death Wings were back then, they are still better than the Yaseras and Death Wings are back then. They are actually like twice as good, roughly, as the Yaceras and Death Wings were back then. And so that's a problem, because your Yetis didn't change. Like, your Yetis got, like, a little bit better. But these cards doubled in value, and they were already absurd and insane. And I'll add on to that, which is that the legendary offering rate at some point is probably quadrupled now compared to what it used to be. There were, like, no legendaries before. Well, you can generate
1: and find them. Like, back then, there was basically no way to generate them, you know?
0: Right, right. Okay, yeah, so generation adds to that. But even not counting generation, just the pure offering of legendary rates has been quadrupled since classic easily. Yeah. Uh, You just did not see Yasera's back then with any. Like, you would go like 10 runs without seeing a single Yasera easily. Um, Not you, but I mean, like, you would not face a Yasera. And that's just not the case anymore, even if there was no generation, even if just the hard ones. And the generation obviously makes the problem even worse. Uh, So, you're still living in a different world where you get much more frequent of these intrusions to your game, and the intrusions are much worse. If you gave me the old Yesera and you plopped them down, I could still beat like ninety-five percent of the people that play the Yasera, because I'm going face. And you know, what are the odds that they get Yesera Awakens as their first random card? Right, one in five. Um, but but I can't I can't do that today. I know they have a Yasera's Awakens. I know I have one turn, and then they're done. I mean, you know, I'm done. Um, so that's that's uh, the the second point that was made is that the power level even in a bad rotation the top cards are still the top cards, um, and uh, yeah maybe there's was only two points I, I, I lost I lost track of the third one but either way the classic meta nowadays kind of just is worse than the classic meta was back then um, for for the player base and I'll I'll, I'll take one more uh, oh oh here's the third one this is one I was going to add on to. Which is your point about Dark Iron Dwarfs and playing around Dark Iron Dwarfs. When you have a limited pool to play around, like, I don't know if people remember this history or if they were here from, like, seven years ago, six years ago, Um, but we used to have a classic meta that was just the classic cards, and then there was only, like, everybody had, like, two Dark Iron Dwarfs in their decks. Like, this was just normal. Um, And then we kept adding expansions, and it was just, there was no rotation, right? You just kept adding expansions. Until we got to a certain point where the optimal play was to always never play around anything specific. It was a wild meta. We had, I don't know, maybe like 10 sets at that point. Uh, maybe less, actually. Uh, and uh, you just... Because because the chances of any particular card, even a common spell, which had boosted uh, offering rates at that point. Uh, a common class spell. Um, the chance of that being in any deck was like one third and the chances of them having drawn it would be like one six so you would just never play around that stuff even if it was a flank strike that was common back then like it was you just don't see it so you don't play it Uh, so you don't play around it and that became kind of stale for a lot of people we got a lot of complaints about it um and so they started doing the rotation system so that's how the rotation system kind of came to be but there was a good like half year to a full year period where you would just never play around anything because you would play around general things, right? Like, my opponent's a priest. What if he has a board clear? You would not get any more specific than that because there would be like eight different kinds of super board clears that all do something slightly different. And you just would not, you know, it wouldn't be worth your time to figure out which one of those would ruin you, which one wouldn't, and which ones to play around. You would just be like, I'm either playing around all of them uh, by keeping my board, you know, small and tall, or I'm playing around none of them and just hoping they don't have it. Uh... So, so the rotation system kind of solved that. But there, that would be the two extremes of, hey, I know even the common neutral cards of what I'm playing around and not playing around. And every single turn, I have so much information because of what you did not do. That's a lot of skill. That is a ton of skill. You need a small pool for that. Today, our pool is like four times the size of that pool. But not quite the size of the full wild pool at the end of the period before they went into rotations which is the we play around pretty much nothing except that the power levels of this has made it so like we were talking about before we still play around nothing we're still playing around nothing now so even though the amount of sets of variety they found a nice like kind of area I've always argued that you needed more actually like more sets uh, to be added into each uh, into each rotation but that would just make this problem worse, for this particular problem. Um, but we've we've still gotten to the point where you don't play around pretty much anything. And it's just correct to not play around pretty much anything. Because, rather than the things being so low percent chance to happen, it's now, one, almost equally low percent chance to happen. Remember, back then I said there was like around ten sets, maybe around eight sets, who knows, right? Now there's like around four sets. But we've nerfed the offering rates of the truly terribly like large cards, right? Like of the really bad cards, and we nerfed them by half. So you see those cards now about the same time, uh, uh, amount of times as you did back then on the cards that you would not play around. And everyone was like, "No one's playing around stuff. It's correct not to play around stuff. This is boring." So we've fallen back into that trap by lowering the offering rates of the uh, of the top cards. In terms of how fun is this game, right? Like obviously and in some ways, how skillful is this game? Because if I'm like getting reads on Dark Iron Gorf and knowing every single card, that is a skill. I don't know if that's a skill that they want to be promoting, because that's a very like game sense kind of like memorization. Like, do you know the game or do you not know the game, right? It's not like are you smart or not? Or are you strategic or not? It's it's a mix of strategy and knowing stuff. But we have gone too far to the other side, is kind of what I'm saying. And I don't know if that's fixable or not. But it, it is, like, just by pure numbers, we've gotten to that same point that they were like, oh, we can't have that. We're actually moving into a rotation so that we will give you more copies of the same card so that you can play around these cards. Um, and you add compounding issue on top of that, the fact that a lot of these uh, cards that are really, really good, you can't play around anyway. Or like we were discussing before, if you played around it, it would just be the wrong move in pretty much every single scenario. So you would just never like look into playing around deathborn, right? I, I set a very clear rule from the. Uh, this is even before the the nerf and the maw meta, even the prior meta. If they have a deathborn, they win, easy. I'm okay with that. That is the correct move. Um, now, if they have a deathborn, they definitely win. <laughs> the the 5% like efficiency I was giving up because I didn't want to deal with it no longer exists I'm giving up zero efficiency now nobody should be thinking about Deathboard at all and it's just it's not the classic meta so it may on the ground any particular match may feel like the classic meta if you take it in isolation out of the meta but within the whole realm of the meta it's actually so much worse than the classic meta. And the classic meta wouldn't be that great today anyway. Even assuming that we do not have rose-colored glasses and that the classic meta back then at everyone's skill level back then was actually pretty good, right? Like, it could also just be the case that we're, you know, people, people are always nostalgic about something, right? This is why we fell in love with the game. Obviously, that meta had to have spoken to us or else we would not have loved the game so much. You know, there's a, there's a survivor bias uh, coming in here a bit, uh, from the old people here at least. That's uh, true.
1: Survivor bias is huge here, right? Um, in, in which a lot of people have left, a lot of people don't care anymore because they left. And if you are still listening to this podcast, or if you're like us who are still making this podcast, and if you still care about Arena to that extent, for this long, um, then it means you're you're pretty messed up in the head and you got some particular tastes right <laughs> uh so yes this it's it's definitely survivor bias here like we are the the weird ones who who lasted this long um but we're definitely weird
0: yes we we are we are definitely weird we should not be trusted um that being said i thought that was a pretty big good good and thorough analysis of kind of what what this meta is how to do well in this meta, and why this meta sucks. And I think it's pretty widespread. You would think... And by the way, I'm not saying, like, skill matters a lot less uh, in this meta. Um, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't matter as much as it, as it should. But there's still elements, right? You still have to, like, get to the bar. Like... If, if I'm saying, like, oh, if my skill level is 103, I'm not really, like... I'm not really styling on the person who's skill level 80... Like that, it's 98 the way that I would be with a five skill level difference if I was 10 and they were five like back in the day. Like I can't do that anymore because you don't really see a lot of those people. And when you do, all of chat makes fun of them so vigorously because they just so rarely see this. Chat is always like anytime chat sees someone who is making like more than sometimes only one misplay. But if they make more than one misplay in the match, they're like, this is this is like staged. I never get these opponents like who what, what is happening? What is the streamer luck that you're matched up against like the one noob that still plays arena and is at like 2-1. Like it doesn't exist anymore. Like maybe if this was 0-2, we'll give you a pass and we say this could happen. But if this is like 2-1, 3-1, 4-2, these people don't exist. Um it uh it, it it's it's a different it's a different place now. We're just, we're just all, we're just all in a different place, and this whole thing, like, you still can't be so bad, right? Like, I'm saying, if I'm 103 against a 98 person, but there are people out there who are like, you know, maybe they're not still level five, maybe they're level fifty, and yeah, I will outplay someone who's level fifty if I'm, you know, skill level 103. It, it will be noticeable. Uh, they, they will lose like most of the games that they're supposed to win uh, against me. Um, but those people don't exist that much in the arena and they don't get high wins very often so that I would meet them in matches that actually matter. And, um, it's just usually now you're just, you're seeing one Oh threes against 95 and 98s and it just doesn't matter that much. So does skill matter. Yes. But like not, not that much.
1: Okay. Alrighty. So uh anything else you want to talk about there?
0: No, I thought we would cover the the kind of meta pretty well. Um I, I find this to be like a super boring meta. And I've done like very well too. We put like two 12 win runs up there in our last like five runs or something. Um so it's a meta I'm doing well in. With with Bad decks. Like, they may be average for this meta, or maybe even very slightly above average. I don't even know anymore. Uh, but they, they, they're bad. They feel bad. They, like, you know, there's nothing going on. Like, my 12 run, I told you, it had two A-tier cards that were evil geniuses. Um, and, and they, like, got me actually good cards exactly twice in the entire run. The other times, they were like, here's a normal card, right? We or almost had like,
1: another what? one up there, too. I had a 10-win hunter that, you know, just, just wasn't enough just wasn't mm. enough but it was aggro yeah, yeah it was uh it, you know like, like it, it, we go even further than bumping yetis it's me dropping one drops all the time right that's there that's you go
0: super aggro still works right if you yeah, think death can't exist just go super aggro because death can't exist anyway they're gonna win if they have the deathborn, no matter if you're super aggro or kind of aggro or mid-rangey so then why bother going mid-rangey why not just hit them to the face um it's it's i I don't know i mean when you hear this stuff you may be like well if you guys are doing so well uh in this meta like then clearly skill matters right if you guys are good and you guys are doing well that's a good sign this is a meta well i don't think the skill matters that much i think it's a bit of luck uh and it's a bit of whatever else but even if skill mattered like it feels so bad it feels so bad when i'm winning and not because I'm like doing ridiculous things that I'm like, oh, you never had a shot. It's like, yeah, I bumped my Yeti and I can't tell if I like bumped it better than you by a little bit in one or whatever. But like at the end, I'm like dominating you. Um, and I cannot have, I, I could not identify a misplay that you made, even after seeing all of your cards. Now, I'm probably not analyzing your plays as much as I'm analyzing my own plays, but still, it just kind of felt like we did stuff. I didn't make a misplay. Maybe you made a tiny misplay along the edges, but the big important thing really was that you didn't have a deathborn, you didn't have a ysera, and uh, and, and 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 therefore I won. <laughs> um, I, don't uh, I, I don't know. I don't mean, know. Different people for, uh, feel different ways about stuff, right? Like I know people. I, I never complain about buffet biggin. And people complain about that card all the time. And you guys see, every time I see a Buffet Biggin, I pretty much beat them. Um, and they nerfed the offering rate, right? but they didn't nerf the card. So the card's still out there. And whenever I see them, I'm like, yeah, okay, you got a bunch of stats. Let's go like you're a paladin. You're gonna get a bunch of stats sometimes. Can okay, you follow it up with a buff? Okay, I'm in a little bit bigger of a trouble, but like I gotta deal with this anyway. Like you're a paladin This is just what I'm like prepared to deal with if I have any shot of this deck not being like a 3-3 a three, three deck
1: This world <laughs> that you live in where Yesera is worse than a river croc and buffet biggins are just beat a boy almost every single time i get me to this world like d- d- is is it also like tax-free like uh, do 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 ponies just visit you with like a a chocolate fountain what what I, is this
0: I, I, I don't know uh may, maybe maybe they do and i'm just so used to it that i can't even identify that it's happening but um it happens like like i said we had a 12 old warlock that i predicted would go six to seven wins and I'm not wrong. That is a 6-7 to seven win deck. It's just that everybody we faced was barely better deck than us or, like, worse deck than us. There were so many. We were, like, 6-0 facing someone. And then at the end of the game, I'm like, what happened? They did not play a single A-tier card. It wasn't like we rushed them down. I went 20 cards deep. So they probably were, like, 15 cards deep. They did not play a single A-tier card. They lost. But what were they doing at 6-0? It's because they're still doing this at 6-0. It's because if you don't happen to face the Yaceras and the Sires and the whatevers, you could take a deck like that as a good player to 6-0. I'm like, I, he they didn't make a misplay. They just flat out had a worse deck than my totally average deck at 6-0. And that's not the only time it happened. It happened a bunch of times after that too. Like, this is just what happens now. And it's equally likely where I was like 0-1-1. With, uh, I mean, a bad deck, sure, but then, like, you know, I face a Ysera, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I lose. <laughs> like, my deck can't handle a <laughs> does no matter what I did. If they were able to draw a Ysera, like, my deck can't finish the game in under 10 turns either, because there's no way to push for most decks. So I'm just I'm just sitting here waiting to see if you draw your Ysera. Oh, you drew your Ysera, you win. Good job. Good job. You may have had three misplays, but it doesn't matter. You're fine. I don't know Not, 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 not my meta um, It is worse than the classic meta I don't think it's a It's a rose colored glasses I think for all the reasons that, that Murphs and I have, have listed and delved into This is worse than the classic meta um, But it is imitating the classic meta And that's one of the problems with trying to imitate the classic meta
1: Yep Alright I think that was a good discussion. All right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Do we have a question from the GOAT or are we wrapping this up?
1: Uh, okay, look. Instead of a question from the GOAT, I'll, I'll just do a small PSA here. Okay. I, I, I will say, okay, here's something I have been doing recently. Now, you can say, Murps, you haven't been playing a lot. That's true. What I do, uh, though, um, essentially... The games I do play, I like to look at replays. Cause I think that instead of just spamming games, I, I learn a decent amount from the meta um, by looking at what they also could have played, right? Cause you get a decent sense of like power level, all of this stuff. Plus I, I think games are just interesting right now. And I've always liked to look at replays. You would think, all right. So first of all, there there was me, um, kind of praising or like, you know, kind of dissing the people from before and being like, the skill level was really low. Now it's time for me to just say you guys, my opponents that have these replays uh, of and that uh, others have deemed worthy opponents, you guys suck at mulliganing. I'm not saying I'm a god at the mulligan, but if you guys are out there looking for ways to improve your game, my god, you got to mulligan better.
0: How are they mulliganing?
1: They're keeping like... Okay they're what they're doing is uh okay for example they don't have the coin and they're keeping uh-huh. a three four and a fire plume phoenix, something like that. And with What? Yes. Th- so what though keep Does
0: their deck have two drops?
1: not that you know so i can see like half of their deck by the time the game ends right approximately oh, okay. um so sense. i don't know maybe like m- maybe they i don't see that they have a ton of two drops but they don't or, or no two see.
0: drops either way right like if you have like no no, no drops, they have some and up.
1: i was just like okay what what is this i'm like so first of all they're keeping like a um when I say a 3-mana three 3-4, three I mean just a 3-mana three 3-4. Three it's not, like, a yeah, good one. Like a spider it's, it's not duster. It is right. essentially spider tank because it has, like, an extra thing, but it doesn't matter, right? It never... Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it never matters. So, um, in that case, I hope you guys can see what's wrong with that, in that if you're keeping a 4 without the coin, it should be real good. Like, it should be real good. Fireplume Phoenix is, like not good enough you know like and also
0: you just don't do it because you don't have real good cards in this meta so yes. if you're wondering if my three drop is real good and you're like holding a duster um like that's maybe fine as a three drop but if let's say duster is like a four drop and you're trying to hold it you don't hold a duster yeah like a full a yeti duster is not a card you would hold even if you have a three drop it is not good enough but so that means none of your four drops are good enough
1: I see some of these games in which, like, let's say the end was super duper close, right? Like the end result was super duper duper close. And I'm like, I go back and look, I'm like, how do you keep this? Or yeah. what they'll do, uh, okay, some people with the coin, they'll keep a four drop, like a four drop with some slight upside. And, and I'm like, throw the rest away? yes. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Uh. What are you doing? Like there's no way that this was good enough. And I, I don't care what it's like I, I I can't even imagine what the justification is. I don't want to hear it. Like it's just really bad. So I've done episodes before on sort of what you want to do for mulliganing. Mulligan hasn't changed that much. Power levels have changed, the fundamental principles of Mulligan's have stayed pretty similar in, in what you want, what you want to think about. You know, the steps that you think about are are really the, the same. You got to learn those. Get back to those. If mm-hmm. you're wondering what is holding you back, I would say, because yeah. I'm still seeing this, like, I'm like, oh, let's see what my eight win, nine win opponent is doing for Mulligans. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, there's no way. Like, you, you clearly do not understand the mulligan um and we all make mistakes i'm not saying i mulligan perfectly but i try to think of these things the answer to my question that i pose to myself could be wrong right i I could mess up there um but if i'm asking that i will get it right sometimes these individuals i'm facing i don't think are asking themselves any questions (laughs) so in which case if you never ask the question you will literally never get it right um So that's an easy, easy, easy way. And it kind of shocked me because I've been watching more replays recently. uh, And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, dude, it's eight years after the game has come out. If you're playing Arena, you're probably not playing this new. Um, Whether you have lost it or you never picked up the skill, dude, that's an easy half a win to I would say a win on your average. Just going through the basics, learn how to mulligan, how to let go, <laughs> and so easy because that—that's the snowball right there, right? And especially in this meta, in which like, if you want to play aggressively, if you want to play a little bit aggro, you can squeeze out some extra wins. So important, right? Um, yeah. And I see some of these people. Maybe they are just, you know, the way that they mulligan is great in certain metas with certain decks, mm-hmm. but then they just
0: don't. They, they, they don't you know, they, they, they don't adjust to be a more right. tempo meta
1: yeah yeah um meanwhile i'm over here for example uh with some of my hunter decks i have like a decent two um in my mulligan and like you know i'll have like um uh i don't have the coin i'm going first and i get a decent two drop and a decent three drop i toss both of those away because i'm like n- neither of those are one drops i have enough two drops and I have really good two drops. I need that one, right? I need mm-hmm. that one. So all of these are getting tossed away. you, you know, so you, you gotta adjust according to the deck. Um, that's just a PSA because it was kind of shocking. I'm like, wow, tons of people are really bad at mulganing.
0: Like yeah. the, And keep yeah. in mind, like Murps is doing this and, and I am doing this, and you know I don't know what our win rate is somewhere between 70 and 75 percent, I imagine and you're considering doing something more conservative and you're at like 60 or 65 percent win rate then you're like really wrong right because you want to be more conservative and not suffer the bad rng the better of a player you are like in our position we are still throwing these cards away in order to get in order to not be conservative and just settle for stuff and to try to roll pure rng there's no skill in uh in <laughs> what you get back from a mulligan. So if we're willing to do that, that means that that's a 70-75% plus EV play. And if you're sitting there at 60-65% not doing this, then you're suffering at least a minus 10 if not more percent EV on your mulligan itself. And that's every game.
1: Yep. Okay, that's my PSA. Um you guys should be excited for those of you who are like oh wait i haven't really thought about the mulligan in a long
0: time um i haven't thought about the mulligan it hasn't like bothered me uh but i we've been okay to be fair we're more aggressive mulliganers than, than most people i feel um and we generally play more tempo than most people but you can't keep mediocre 4-drops. You just can't. I don't care if you have a 3-drop. Unless you have a 2 and 3-drop, you're not keeping, like, any 4-drops.
1: It also just really depends on your deck, knowing what, like, sure, but— Sure, but
0: you're not keeping any 4-drops. Yeah, yeah.
1: So these are things that you really, really want to reassess. And if, it, and if it's been years and you're just like, Man, you know, I still <laughs> take Arena seriously. I'm trying to go for h- higher or even onto the leaderboard. I can't seem to break through. The Mulgan, I think, is one of the most controllable, I would say mm-hmm. easiest ways to raise your win rate by a huge amount. And this is this has always been something in which, like, oh man, people love talking about drafting. Which pick is correct, yeah. right? People love mm-hmm. talking about plays. They love talking about reading hands. Like these are all like the 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 tricky things people love talking about. Mulgan beats all of those in terms of impact. Like the impact of the Mulligan on your win rate is so big, so you nail that down, and, like, it's it's such an easy switch as well, like, just not doing some of these things. Like, I'm not saying it's like, okay, you, you have to identify exactly what you do, just by identifying a lot of things that you don't do, um that'll improve your win rate substantially you will be a happier person because of this and you might get less frustrated by the meta you might just be like these dumb aggro decks just keep beating me down and it's like (laughs) dude you kept a yeti like what are you doing what 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 what, what was that supposed to do
0: (sighs) ah anyway stop stop the one drops um yeah. That's really good advice. And uh, if you guys have not examined your uh, mulligans recently, whether you think you have this problem or not, like just pay more attention to the mulligans, especially when you don't have the coin. Because when you don't have the coin, it's very rigid. It's very rigid. And I would wager that people are too conservative with their mulligans, meaning they're not giving up the cards that are mediocre. Like, they're just settling with it. And... You could settle with it if you have a two and a three drop, right? Like, fine. Like, it's not, you know, maybe your deck is just that bad or whatever. But if you're settling for anything, if anything is not looking at you and being like, I am a spectacular card played on curve, then you better have your full curve up to that point to keep it. No holes. If you're rolling at all for anything, you want more rolls. If you're mulliganing away, uh, you have three cards, right? If you're mulliganing away and you, you, you always draw one card, so if you mulligan away nothing, you start at 1. If you mulligan away one card, you double the rate. If you mulligan away two cards, you double the rate and then you add another 50% chance to get the card uh, to get get a suitable card. And if you mulligan all three away, you double and then you double again your chance of getting the card that you want. Like those are absurdly good odds. Like you want that. Okay. That's it for us. We will see you guys next week. Uh, Until then, this is Abukta. This is Murps. See you guys. Bye.